Welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. And I pray that the message will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. Lord, I'm your servant. We are your servants. Help us, Lord. You do hold our hands, Lord. You do keep us, Lord, from danger. You keep us from things seen and unseen. You guide us, Lord, because you are the way. You take us to where we need to go. You show us the path that we should be on. So now, Father, I thank you, Lord, for this time that you've given to us together. Now, humbly ask, Lord, as your servant, that you would give me what it is that you need for your people to hear. Help me to flow on you, to say what it is that you need to say to your people, Lord. I thank you right now, God, for what you're going to say. I submit myself right now, Father, I submit myself, Lord, to what it is that you have to say. Whatever that I've written, if there be four words that you want to use, you use it. If there are no words, don't use them. You do it. You do it. Help our hearts, Lord, to hear you with what you have to say. Hallelujah, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> it's been a while since I've been in front of you. Um, I'm thankful for the opportunity, Bishop. Thank you for the opportunity. I give honor to the Bishop and Lady Jackson and the ministers and elders of this house. I love you. All the lay folk, love you. Um, and this theme for this year is pertinent for us. You know, we, uh, when Bishop told me what the theme was, um, and I asked him, I said, sir, sir what, what do you see? He said, fire. I see fire. And I have been, I've been thinking about that for three months before you talked to me about that. Fire. So today, in your hearing, I wanted to use as a thought, I'll get to the scripture in a moment, the preservation of fire. We're going to go to Exodus chapter 2 first. Um, verse 16 is where I'll begin. When you there, say amen. Hallelujah. Exodus chapter 2, verse 16. We'll go through 16 through 21. Uh, first, and then I'll go into uh, Exodus 18, 17, 18, and 23. And those will be the scriptures that I use for this thought. Okay? So Exodus 2, 16 through 21 reads, Now the priest of Midian has seven daughters, and they came to draw water and fill the troughs to water their father's flock. 
And when some shepherds came along and drove them away, Moses rose up to help them and water their flock. When the daughters returned to their father, Ruel, he asked them, why have you returned so early? An Egyptian rescued us from the shepherds, they replied. He even drew water for us and watered the flocks. So where is he? Father asked. Why do you leave the man behind? Invite him to have something to eat. Moses agreed to stay with the man, and he gave his daughter Zipporah to Moses in marriage. And she gave birth to a son, and Moses named him Gershom, saying, I have become a foreigner in a foreign land. <clears throat> in uh, Exodus, Exodus 18, we're going to look at verse 17 and 18, and then 23, okay? When you're there, say amen. Wonderful. Moses' father-in-law said to him, what are you, what are you doing? I'm oh, sorry. Moses' father-in-law said to him, what you are doing is not good. Surely you and these people with you will wear yourselves out because the task is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Verse, 30, verse 23. If you follow this advice and God so directs you, then you will be able to endure. And all these people can go home in peace. Please take your seats. The idea of Jethro in the scriptures to me is an anomaly. He appears only a few times in the scriptures. He appears in Exodus 2 and then again in uh, Exodus 3. And then once again in Exodus 18. Jethro was known as the priest of Midian. What that meant or what that entailed, we do not fully understand. We do know that he was a priest. That does not mean that he was also a priest of the Most High at the time. But we do know that he was a priest in Midian, known to the Midianites. Because his name, Jethro, meant his excellence. Ruel. The family name meant the friend of God. Moses himself found himself in a strange place. And I want you to hear this. Moses, the great leader of Israel, was showing us some signs of what he would do in the future. In his own way first, though. So Moses, when we see him first, we meet him as the justice giver or the defender of his own people. Moses, upon first meeting, kills an Egyptian because he is battering two of his people. He then goes to bury his body and hides the body. He ran in fear after the Israelites actually said, well, you're going to kill us like you did that Egyptian? He realized that maybe the Pharaoh would hear about this, and he ran. Moses then ran into Midian to give you context. If you know where Egypt is, Egypt is on the top northern part, almost in the center, but mostly to the, to the I say, northeast side of, of Africa. There are seas that separate it from the land to its right. 
Moses went from Egypt and went beyond the Red Sea to Midian. Midian is in what we consider Saudi Arabia today, that particular area. It was called the Gulf of Aqaba, which is still here today. Um, Moses ran that far <laughs> to get away from Pharaoh. <laughs> so, yeah, he ran that far. So when he gets there, yet again, Moses reveals his character again. Moses, while he's out and about, sees uh, some seven women that are about to water their flock. Now, let me give you another context bit um, for the ladies. In this particular point in day, um, female shepherds were definitely not something that you would want to see. They were easy to accost, easy to brutalize, easy to take advantage of. It also was a symbolic to say that the man that sent his daughters had no sons. I hope you hear what I'm saying. He had no sons. To my Ruel or Jethro, he sent seven daughters to water the flock. And yet again, for the foreigner, Moses shows his character. The men that tried to accost the seven women, Moses dealt with them. Now, you can put modern day context on that. Now, I, I, I believe that Moses threw hands. Um, that's what I see when I read the scripture. I said, he threw hands with these boys. They, um, they came because this is not something they just like poking at them. They would accost women for physical abuse, for being without a man in their profession. Moses saw this and once again, mm -mm, I don't stand for that. It's character. Once again, I don't do that. You're not going you're not going to hurt these women. He stood up. He protected them and he watered their flock. Now, give you context now. If you got a flock of sheep, 2 300 of them and you came to one source of water. You know how long it's going to take for you to water all of them? All of them need water. Moses did it himself. Now, now what happens next is even stranger to me. The girls, they run back home. Their father, Jethro, is there. And Jethro said, why y'all home early? <laughs> That's the first, why y'all home early? What the world happened? What's it? And then they tell him, this Egyptian fought these dudes off to protect us today. Now, once again, you have to understand this is rare behavior. Okay? This is very rare. Moses just got done knocking off an Egyptian. Ran across the desert and rather than laying low, threw hands with some shepherds. Okay? I'm just, just setting up the, the character of Moses now, like what he does, right? Jethro, hearing this, is like, where he at, though? Get that boy in his house. Get him here. Bring him to me. Give him something to eat. And that's when we see the beautiful relationship between Moses and Jethro begin. The reason why Holy Ghost work. Um, the reason why I want you to hear this from this perspective. I love humanizing people in the scriptures because sometimes we make them too lofty that we can't understand them, right? 
I want you to hear this now. Moses would go on to do what? He would go on to go in the front of the Pharaoh who was unjustly brutalizing his people and say what? Let my people what? Did he back down? Did he stand up to injustice? Okay. That same character that you see in that Moses that after he had an encounter with a burning bush is the same character in Moses that we saw when he murdered that Egyptian. It's the same character that we saw when he stopped those shepherds from harming those women. But I want you to consider this. What if somebody had quenched his fire? I want you to hear me on this because we are in a dire space as a church, not just having them to my, the church. We have people who have skills and giftings and abilities that we've seen manifested from their childhood and they enacted as they've gone along and people have quenched the fire. And then they had the audacity to say, why ain't they coming back? The audacity to stand before them and act as if they have not done anything wrong. The reason why I like this story of Jethro is because even though Jethro wasn't saved yet, we're going to get to yet now. All right. Is this coming? All right. Jethro's heart was right to be pulled into God's presence. We're going to get to that in a little bit. The reason why I use Jethro is Jethro did something quite exceptional when it comes to preserving fire. He saw that there was a fire to be built first. He heard about Moses. Moses did what again? An Egyptian did what? Oh, that's rare. He didn't tell his daughter to shut up. Why in the world aren't y'all doing this? Because the status quo is broken, right? Think about it. For him, the flocks need to be watered. This is a business. This is how we take care of the family. I need you to make sure that the, water, that the, the, the flocks are watered today. I don't want you to go out and go left. I need you to do what I told you to do. We are burning daylight. I, I can't have you out here all day. Why you came back early, though? That's a little strange, too. So when I saw this in the scriptures, I thought to myself, one of the interesting things about Jethro, especially on this journey, with Moses having this fire in him and having this fire continue to burn all the way into Mount Sinai and beyond. Jethro did not do something that, unfortunately, we see a lot of Christians do. He didn't, he didn't just speak too fast. He listened. He, some, for some reason, churches and, and, and folk in the church take James 9, I mean, James 1, 19, and they invert it. So we know that James 1, 19 says, be slow to speak and what? Quick to what? Listen. What we normally see is be quick to listen, I mean, be quick to speak and slow to listen. He listened to his daughters. He thought to himself, hold up now, there might be something here. Bring that boy to me. 
Let me meet him first. And after meeting him, he put him in his household, giving him a place to maintain his fire. Now, once again, give you more context. This is not um, 1999 or 2014 where Moses could just wander into a spot and get a place to eat. Okay? He can't go get no hotel, no motel, no holiday inn. Um, he can't get none of them, right? Uh, he is uh, pretty much out there on his own. There's a desert. He ain't got, there's no real particular currency yet. You know, if you was in Egypt, Egypt probably had, they had their own currency. Then there's a gap. And then other people had their currency. So there was no money exchanger to, to change the money over for him when he went from one nation to the other. It's war if you come over here, right? Moses had nowhere to go. But he ran. I want you to understand that. He ran anyway, because he knew his life was in danger. He ran. And while he was running, rather than allowing this man to die, Jethro saw this dude's character and was like, no, 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 no. This boy got to live. Bring him to my house. See, one of the other issues that we have in this generation, too, is that we normally mix our Americanized context with what words and scripture really mean. So in this particular instance, Moses became a servant in the house of Jethro. Servant in this context is completely different from the slave in our context. OK. This is Holy Ghost. I ain't wrote none of this stuff down. This is just being real with you. He, it's going to be said. Chattel slavery is not the same as servanthood. Okay? So when you see servant or slave in the scriptures, do not read into that your black experience. Do you hear me? Do not read into your black experience. When you say, oh, that means that, 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 give you an example, Titus 2. Um, Paul said, slaves. Uh, make sure you obey your masters. Everybody, well, that means that he, he supports child slavery. A servant in that time gave themselves into service. They were born into it because their family was given into it. But they were also allowed to leave. They were allowed to learn and be made into something else. It is not the same as child slavery. Do you hear me? So Moses became a servant in the house of Jethro, and his fire was maintained. Now think about this. He was raised in a court of Pharaoh, likely for 30 to 40 years, right? He was in the presence of Jethro for almost the same amount of time. God did not come to him when he was in Egypt. God came to him when he was with Jethro. So that brings us to my second point is that you have to make room for God to ignite the fire. Jethro, being a great mentor in this space, likely has softened the heart of Moses through service. He was a priest of Midian. Like I said, that doesn't mean that he was a servant of the Most High, but he was a priest of Midian. And he walked with Moses. He talked with Moses. That's why that song blessed me. He learned Moses. He guided Moses, and then God stepped in and was like, are you ready now? I'm going to show him a fire that don't burn. 
I'm going to show him a fire that can set on this bush and it won't set on fire. He knew exactly what Moses needed to see. God did. Moses approached that and the rest is history. We know then that God revealed to him his name and then set him upon his journey to use the fire that he had in him for his own glory. Jethro had the opportunity in this moment to be selfish. Moses did something quite respectful. Once again, it's also not seen in the church a lot. He submitted himself to delegated authority. Moses did not just leave. He asked to leave. He went to Jethro and told him what he saw. And respectfully, he went to Jethro and asked to leave. I want you to hear me. In ministry, you can't just go. Even if your feelings dictate that you want to. You can't just go. You have to ask and be allowed to leave. It's not because this person owns you. It's because you're under authority and a covering. Okay? And if you want to maintain your fire, you will follow delegated, delegated authority. How many people in here have met somebody that said to themselves, I'm going to go and be a, a pastor over yonder. I'm going to go and start my own ministry because the Lord has put this anointing upon my life to go out and do these things. I'm not saying it wasn't there. But they didn't ask. And havoc fell upon them. And you watching in real time that havoc falls upon them. And they're like, why in the world ain't none of this stuff working out for me? Because you usurped the orderly God. To preserve your fire, you need to submit yourself to authority. Are you hearing me? Submit yourself to authority. Moses asked to leave. And even more powerful, Jethro said, Yes. The reason why I say it's more powerful is because sometimes leaders have a propensity to hold people beyond their state as well. Some people need to go. Some people need to stay. Jethro didn't get selfish in his moment. I want you to process this now. He has seven daughters that were being accosted by other shepherds. He finally got a son-in-law. Son-in-law is a fighter on top of that. You know, he, he bam. You know, he throw hands. You ain't going to just go up here and run up on him while he out there doing his shepherd work. You're going to back up. And this same one that's protected your daughters and also raised the stock of your house is asking to leave. He could have been selfish. He could have been like, nah, nah, boy, we got 300 we got 600 now. We had, we had 300 when you came. Now we got 600 sheep. I don't know if I can let you go. Um, I don't know if I'm going to do that. I, I need you to stay here. We got work to do. Jethro listened to Moses and said, go. Go ahead and do what God told you to do. He didn't quench Moses' fire. He didn't. Once again, he enabled it because he knew. I'm going to let this boy go. And what I've seen, of God, this God is going to do the same thing with him. He's going to do great things. Go ahead and go, boy. 
do what the Lord told you to do, right? So I'm telling, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing this up because I want you to put this in real time for a moment, okay? We have a hard time identifying what a fire is in people. And that's also because we don't talk to people. And we also don't listen to people. But we love talking to them about what we know. But we don't like talking to them about what they need to know. So then we extinguish fires as ministries, as Christians, serving the all-consuming fire that is God, we then quench fires. It's deadly for us to quench fires as a ministry. I take from Jethro the fact that when he looked at Moses, he saw something. And rather than quenching it, he nurtured it. Then when it was time for him to go, rather than saying, nah, mm, 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 you stay here. He was willing enough to say, go ahead and go. Go ahead and go. Do what God told you to do. Do it. He released him so that he could go and do what God told him to do. And remember, after this, the rest is history again. Moses left his care, went to Egypt, confronted Pharaoh, and everything that entailed happened in between that time. From, Gen from, from Exodus 3 to Exodus 17, we got the full account of Moses going to really get his people free by the power of God. Letting his people go, he asked Pharaoh. Let my people go, he asked Pharaoh, right? The plagues happened, which we uh, as Christians admonish to call it the miracles. Do you know why? When we call it the plagues, it is bad for us. They were miracles to us. Because if the plagues didn't happen, we wouldn't have any of this. They're miracles to us as Christians. The plagues to God's enemies. We're not God's enemy. So they're not plagues to us. They're miracles. So we saw the miracles that God did in Egypt for his people. And then they also walked upon dry land in the sea. And crossed over into the area closest back to Jethro. It's right where he's at. Where Midian is, right when they cross over the Red Sea. There's old Midian, where he was at. And he's heard all these things that Moses has done. And he is not jealous, one. He's not, um, doggone Moses trying to take my fire. Trying to take my drive. All right, whatever, Moses. That wasn't his disposition. He said, I'm coming to see you. Your father-in-law is coming to see you. Happiness. To see what the Lord has done in him. And he was also curious about the situation. He's like, no, this guy you were talking about, you need to tell me more about this situation, right? This brings it to another point. As Christians, we still have learning to do. We have more to learn than what we know. Now, once again, Jethro in this moment may have, under, may have heard about the God because Midian if you look at the genealogy, is a son of Abraham. Keturah, Moses, um, Abraham's second wife. Their child was named Midian. So he's from the house of Abraham. But that doesn't mean that they all bow to the same God that Abraham served. Now, okay? 
But now, this servant from the house of Midian, a son of Abraham, comes to see another one that descended from another son and listen to what the Lord has done for his people. Right? And what, what blew my mind uh, when I, and, and I, I want uh, Elder Hoskins, I'm going to um, challenge your brother because um, I need your help on this one um, for the future. I believe that Jethro gave the first benediction in the scriptures. He gave the first one. This is the same one that we say he's a priest of Midian. He should know lots of things as a priest of Midian. But as Moses spoke to him, when they look and when you look at the Hebrew, it's like they say it's as if he had the skin of a goose, meaning he had goosebumps listening to the story of what Moses was saying to him. And then he said, bless the Lord who has delivered you from the hand of the Egyptians and of Pharaoh and who has delivered the people from the hand of Egyptians. And here's a beautiful part. When I said you know, earlier, I told you he wasn't there yet, but he was coming. Now I know. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all the gods. For he did this when they treated Israel with arrogance. Moses was allowed to be released with the fire that was already being built in him. God told him, a year, a sure year, I will be who I will be. In, your, in our context, it's I am that I am. He gave him his name. Then Moses went off and did what God needed him to do. Freed the people. Same fire. Now he comes back and he's sitting before Jethro. And Jethro is listening to this story. And now he got fire. And he says, shoot, now I know. This got to be the only one. He's greater than every other God. Preserving this fire in this context, like I said, he did not get jealous of Moses' success. He didn't. He didn't come down on Moses because Moses did greater things than he did. Nor did he try and take anything away from him because he knew that Moses was great. He came and Moses even bowed to him, y'all. I mean, you got to think about this. Two million Jews, Hebrews are with Moses and Moses has enough wherewithal to and respect for Jethro to bow to Jethro in this moment. He bowed and Jethro didn't get, get big in the head because he bowed. That's his son-in-law. They went and talked. And when they talked, fire was still being maintained in the conversation because they weren't talking about Moses. Moses didn't say I did. He said God did. There's a popular song in this generation. I think DJ Khaled guys called God did. <laughs> Most of the stuff he's saying in that song, it don't make no sense, but at least the hook makes sense. God did. Uh, <laughs> God did. All right. So, so Moses was like, God did. And here we have Jethro again, listening and learning from his son-in-law, who was his mentee. We as Christians have to be willing to listen to the folk that God has pulled us towards. I have children around me all day at this school, okay? All day. 
all day. Okay? When I get there at 7.30, I hear chattering in the side hallway, and I see heads peep out. Stephen's here. And they, they come in into my room to sit in front of me and talk. When I'm at lunch, they peep their head in. Stephen's here. They come in. They want to sit down. They want to talk. When school gets out, they peep in. Stephen's here. Let's go and sit and talk. And I will tell you, for with the utmost sincerity, I still don't want to do your job. <laughs> I'm using that. Now, I want you to just, just walk with me, okay, on this, okay? Walk with me. God has a fire in me. And a fire in you that he has identified. He know that Trevor is going to say what need to be said. He know. He know I'm going to say it. He know I'm going to say it without apprehension. And he put me in a system with folk that don't like things being said. Around children who need to hear it. Because their fires are dying. Why is Jethro so important in this moment? Hear me. Let's talk about our kids for a moment. Black kids for a moment. I get our cousins in a moment. But let's talk about our kids. Most gang death. Most incidences of violence. One of the worst at conflict resolution. Help me, Lord. Our girls are wild. No grace to be found in many of them. Our boys are lost. Don't know which way to go. And yet, we have the audacity to judge them for us not doing what we were supposed to do. If we had been doing what the Lord had required in our communities, this wouldn't be a problem. We've enabled this behavior in our community. We actually cheer it on. You don't believe me? Open up your YouTube right now. Let me see what channels you favorited on your TV. Let me see what groups you joined on Facebook. Let me see who you follow on X. Let me see who you follow on Instagram. Let me see what you watch on Snapchat. Let me see your thread on TikTok. You enable it. And yet you have the audacity to ask, why is it this bad? Why are they this bad? They don't got no Jethro. They don't got a Jethro. They don't even have Timothy's 
grandmothers. They don't have Titus as women. They don't have Titus as men. They're literally figuring this out as they go. Leaderless, scattered. And let me tell you the truth of what I see. And I hope nobody from my district is watching, but if there is, it is what it is. What you don't know is that communities are coming in to get your children. If you know what communities I'm talking about, they see the deficit and they say, okay, good. I'll go. And they love on your girls. And they love on your boys. And they are lovingly pulling them into their community. And then you try and figure out why we have all these gender issues. Why we have all these situations going on right now. There was nobody for them to talk to. Nobody that would listen to them. There were no Jethro's that listened and then spoke to them. There wasn't a Jethro that when they need to be released to go, let them go. There wasn't a Jethro that when they saw them overworking, told them to stop doing this. There wasn't a Jethro. But we still look for Moses, though, when we need Jethro. Stop looking for the next great leader and be Jethro. Be Jethro. Be willing to have a heart to care about somebody that you don't know. Moses was a foreigner to Jethro. Matter of fact, Moses had the audacity to name his first child to remind everybody he was a foreigner. He said, yeah, my, I'm, 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 I'm going to name my boy um, Gershom because I was born in a strange land. I mean, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a foreigner in a strange land. Moses wore that feeling on his sleeve. He named his child that. What was the name of his second son? Do you remember? Eliezer. And what did it mean? God is my what? My help. Can you see the transition of life change in Moses? Your first child is named, I'm a stranger. And your last child is named, God, you my help. Would he have gotten there if there was no Jethro? Are you expecting these kids to get there without a Jethro? Are you expecting these young adults to get there without a Jethro? Is your image too important to be a Jethro? Are you willing to quench fires because you want to keep your image up? Are you willing? Are you willing to be a Jethro for the future? This gospel is fire. That's a double entendre. In our generation, we call things we like fire. It's this, that too. But it's also just regular fire. That's passed along from generation to generation. And every generation is supposed to then carry that fire and give it to another generation. Do you know that we are in the most unchurched spiritual place 
we've ever been in our community. Our civil rights came from biblical doctrine. Am I lying? So when you see these kids marching in the street to their doctrine, why you think it's not working? They don't have no Jethro's. I want you to hear me. Your fear, your apprehension, the terror in your heart that tells you to not open your mouth up to help somebody else is going to destroy the next generation. It will destroy the next generation. If you do not speak, the ramifications for your family and your community are dire. If you do not serve and want to see what the God is doing, even in the most hoodiest dude, in the, in, the most, in, the, in the most ratchet of girl, it don't matter. If you ain't willing to see something there in our own community, other people will take care of our community. And then we'll be slaves again to somebody else. Chattel slaves, this time again, to somebody else. This time economically, chattel slaves to somebody else. You're not willing to nurture in the next generation? Hmm? Because you just don't like what they do? Go ahead. Go ahead. The ramifications are dire for us. We have a lot of money in our community. Do you know what we spend it on? Hmm? Pleasure. Did you not know that? $1.6 trillion in the, black, in the black community of black people, we spending on pleasure and image. Clothes and shoes, hairstyles and yeah, fingernails, you know, haircuts, food, travel. But we don't invest in nothing else. And then we turn around and ask, where is the money? We need Jethro's. We need folk willing to stand up and look at us and say, you're wrong. You need to stop. You need to do this, and then you will have peace. Jethro looked at Moses in the midst of the madness he had going on, and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful bit of madness now. He done just got done carrying two million people over the Red Sea. It's a beautiful work. God did this. But now that we've gone into this new dimension... Moses didn't have his father-in-law there to give him instruction at the moment. So Moses, being a regular man, we've done this. How many people have overworked themselves? How many people have overworked themselves? Be honest with yourself. How many people wanted to quit what they was doing? Huh? How many people said, forget this doggone job? How many people said, forget these people? Huh? How many people felt like that? Am I the only one in here? Why in the world I got to do all this? You ain't felt like that. Man, I don't feel like doing none of this. I'm like, I won't go home. I won't go home and kick it. Right? Moses out here overworking himself, and, and, and Jethro had to just hear me. He didn't even stop Moses from working when he saw him. He watched him first. He processed it. Then he asked, why are you doing this? 
Sometimes we are so in the habit of stopping things that we don't stop to make sure we know the process of how it works. Moses had a process that he was using that was broken. It was working. Eh, it was broken. Jethro just said, no, why don't you stop, man? Don't do that no more. He didn't just do that. He looked at the entire sequence like a master and just watched him for a whole day, morning to evening, and just watched his son-in-law and said, son, why are you doing this? Oh, I need to do this because, you know, I have to settle disputes. I'm a servant of God. I'm a judge. I, I, I have to be seated here to make sure the people get what they need. It's a beautiful work, but it's too much work for you. And Jethro looked at him and said, no, that's not good. Come here. Let me give you some wisdom. Bishop, there's some pastors that need that from you. At the hospital, there's going to be some people in scholarly work that's going to need that from you. Slow your behind down. Lay folk in here. You, you know, all these giftings, I'm, I look, I'm looking around, I'm like, I see bakers, I see businessmen and women, I see folk that got the ability to make their own off the ground, out the mud type of stuff. I mean, like, literally, you did it from the ground up. I'm looking around at folk that do shirts and, 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 and bakery and, and money exchange, finances. I'm looking around the room at teachers. I'm looking at the room in the room of people who have the gift of hospitality and know how to make people feel welcomed. All these things. And yet, for some reason, why are you doing this alone? Even in T.O.P., why would you do this alone? This is not good, Jethro said. This ain't good. Why aren't you going to find yourself some folk? They got these qualifications first. They have to have good character first. Why don't you help delegate them and put them also into action? How do we preserve our fire? Not only do you keep it, you spread it. You think you ain't got nothing to offer? The devil is a liar. He's a doggone liar. And he's been holding you back. Weaponizing your insecurities. Holding you back. Some people in here saying, I do it when I get right. Impossible. Impossible. You are active work, not finished yet. Work while you heal. Work and heal. But you have to work, though. You have to work. Are you hearing me? Jethro said, this is not good. This ain't good. Go ahead and delegate this power. Even if it go from the thousands to the tens, delegate this power. And he saved Moses' life. If you are given charge over other people at your job and other industries that you touch, even if they're not saved, Save their lives. Save it. You have the authority where you are to look at the situation just like Jethro. Jethro's a priest now. Remember, he's a priest. So he, he knows the function, all functioning office of a priest. 
And he's looking at Moses now as a judge. And he's like, I don't think that's going to work. He operated in his gifting and then lovingly said, this is not good. If the Lord allows, listen to me. And he gave him instruction. If you read it in Deuteronomy, I think it's, I think it's chapter 1. When they talk about the situation, Jethro's name is not listed, but God's presence is. So Jethro was giving Moses his God, I mean, giving Moses God's presence in the moment. This ain't good, bro. We have to do this in order to preserve this fire that God has given to us today. I'm telling you now, if you don't have a burden for your people and a burden for our cousins even, you know what I mean when I say my cousins? You know what I mean? I'm saying all of them. Not just them, all of them. Latinos, white, Asian. If you ain't got a burden for them, your fire is gone. If your fire is gone, you've given way to a stony heart. And if you have a stony heart, that means that God got some plowing to do. And then when God plows your heart again, he can set it on fire again. So if you don't feel no type of way about hearing this, you're feeling indifferent, you have a stony heart. And if you have a stony heart, I want you to understand today that you need to repent and let the Lord light this fire in you again. Because I'm telling you now, if we don't, if we don't keep this fire, if we don't keep this fire, the next 10 years is going to be interesting if we don't keep this fire. You think it's bad now? Nah. Don't keep the fire for another 10 years and wait for God's judgment. Wait for it. If you come in that judgment only to correct folk, keep doing it 10 years. See it return back to you. Hmm? Get yourself in the habit of building fires in other people. See what, Lord, what the Lord is doing in them. Enable it. Then nurture. Preserve, and then preserve it or help them preserve it in that moment of their life. If it is God's will, they come to the faith. You have the responsibility of being the example. There's a story of a dude. His name is Ian Wright. Um, he's a soccer player um, in the U.K., and this, this, this story hit me because it shows you the power of one. Ian Wright was raised in poverty in an abusive household as a child. He's a, I believe he was from, no, he's a Jamaican descent when he was in UK. Uh, had an abusive stepfather, father was absent. Um, they were in poverty. And he couldn't read. He was like five, or I think he was close to eight or nine. He still couldn't read or write when he was growing up. And the teachers were frustrated with him because they're looking at the external thing. The boy can't read. I'm tired of this boy. He don't know how to read. So they're ready to throw him away. This other teacher, the PE teacher, his name is Sidney Pigdom, I think it was his name, saw the teacher put the boy out of the room because he can't read or write. And he looked at him and out of frustration, he said, mm, 
Come with me. And he took that boy with him. He taught him how to play soccer. He taught him how to read. And he taught him how to write. That's all that man did for him in elementary school. He was like eight or nine years old. 30 years go by. Now Ian Wright has scored 287 goals in soccer. He hold, I think he held more than 10 caps in, uh, in the sport, meaning that you're at the highest level of excellence in soccer. He's also, he was also a BBC contributor for sports, sports analyst, kind of like a Shannon Sharp or somebody over here, right? And they were doing an interview with him. He was doing an autobiography, and at the beginning of the book, he honored this man named Sidney Pigden. He said that this man is the most exceptional man I've ever met and the most decent human that I've ever come across. And he thought he was dead. You can look this video up for yourself when we leave. It's a beautiful video. And while he's talking in a stadium that he scored goals in, talking about his life, his teacher, his mentor, walks up behind him and says, Ian, and my son's probably watching. I'm not talking to you, son. Uh, <laughs> and he says, Ian, and immediately this grown man removes his cap because he knows this man's voice. He turns around and he begins to bawl. Tears of joy because he thought this man was dead. And he said, you are the greatest man that I've ever known. In my whole life, you gave me a chance. How many lives have you changed due to your mercy? How many lives have you changed? How many people have you turned from darkness because you wanted to give them some light? How many, how many more can you get? Preserve your fire. Keep it. It is yours. Holy Spirit is in us. He is our fire. Do not, and I repeat again, do not quench your fire. Hear the Lord today. I didn't. Everything that I wrote was for me. And what I'm saying to you is for you. Hear me. Keep your fire. And for the love of all things wonderful. Do not tell yourself that you don't have a fire to pass on. If you are a mechanic, even if you're in customer service, you know how to treat people. You'd be amazed how many kids don't know how to treat people. You'd be amazed at the lack of empathy in this generation. You'd be amazed at the lack of emotional intelligence in this generation because they're figuring it out on their own. Can you be a Jethro today? Hmm? Can you close your eyes and identify two people that you met in the past month that just need you to say something to them? Can you, can you identify those people? Will you be willing to give them your time? Even if you don't feel like it, like I said. 
if you don't feel like it. Sometimes I tell the kids, I'm like, hey, Miss Stevens need a moment alone. <laughs> like, I need a moment alone, y'all. That's all right, man, Miss Steve, we got you. And they'll leave for a little bit. I'm not shooing them away permanently. We're human. I need a moment. Let me process the day and come and talk to me tomorrow, right? But I tell you, this generation is craving truth. They are the most inquisitive I've ever met in my life. They ask hard questions. And I understand why people ran away. Because people cannot give a proper answer to them. They're going um, to call you a liar. They also ain't shy in calling what they see. All they do don't know what you're talking about. They'll tell you that, grown person. They don't care. I'm telling you now, as the Lord lives, you need to find the people that God has ordained for you to be with. This is not just for T.O.P., okay? For watching online, it's for you too. But it's not even, it's not just for church growth. This is for God's fire to spread. The preservation of fire needs more fire. Like an old coal, who grills in here? Who throw things on the fire? I ain't talking about gas, folk. I don't mean no harm, y'all. That's uh, <laughs> messing. That's messing. But like when you, when you, well, you likely use coal, right? Charcoal. Now, charcoal, when you get it, it's black, bold black, before the fire really takes it, right? And then after a while, that fire turns that charcoal white. You got some white hairs in here. You didn't have fire in you for a while, but you're getting white hairs, right? So that charcoal start turning white. How do we maintain the fire then? Do you just leave all the co old coals alone? Or do you add new coals? You add new coals. And then guess what happens? Those coals catch on fire. And then the next coals beside them catch on fire. Right? And then you can get good cooked food. Food that you're happy to have. As you get older. As I'm getting older, I'm realizing that I've transitioned into a Jethro role for these kids. And I want to encourage you that if you are in contact with the same people that you need to be in, like I don't know who those people are for you, but you have to submit yourself to wanting to see the fire burn in them. Amen? That's all I got. Lord, I thank you because you surely did this. This was not me. So, Lord, I thank you. Thank you, Lord, for this message about preserving our fire and also building fires in others. God, I pray that I did not discourage anybody. I pray that this is a sense of urgency in the moment that you stir in their hearts, Lord. We're in a weird place right now, God. Uh, generationally, our generation is, the, is falling away at a rapid rate. And you know this. You knew this before it happened. But you raised us for such time as this. You put us in 2024 for this time because you put a fire in us that could spread fires. So, God, I pray that you would destroy every apprehension, that you would destroy everything in us that would try and make us not want to do what it is that you require for us to do.
And even in the midst of us not wanting to do it, Father, give us grace. We're still a work in progress, too, as you know. Give us the grace, Lord, to do what it is that you desire for your kingdom and for your glory. We submit ourselves to you in Jesus name. Amen. So I pray that this message was heard in your hearing. Preserve your fire. And for those that don't have the fire yet, come meet the Lord of fire. Let me give you a, a dispelling, um, let's spell a rumor real quick because I see there's a lot in popular medium and TV and cartoons and video games and anime and, and um, blockbuster movies. Satan don't control fire. Nor is he the king of hell. Kill that. Okay? Kill it. He's going to hell to burn up. But he ain't got the power to control fire. What does God, what does the scripture say about our God? He is an all-consuming what? Fire. What does Satan do when he enters in? Does he start fires or does he quench them? So why in the world would you call him or give credence to him owning fire? You've been duped. Hoodwinked. He's the prince of the power to what? He blows out fires. I don't see the scripture calling him the prince of power fire. Prince of power of the. So come meet the God of fire today. The one who sets fires. The one who maintains fire. Our Lord and Savior came with water, but will come back with what? Fire. This same God will, 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 bring, will raise a fire in you and bring you to the destiny that you were made to come into. So today, if you are not saved, come meet Jesus, our Lord, the one who died for us and rose for us and now sits at the right hand of the Father with all power in his hand, the one who ignites the fire in us, that nurtures the fire in us, that causes us to care when we don't want to care. That's the God we serve. He caused us to care when we don't want to care because he put this fire in us. So if you're not saved today, I'm going to do a very simple prayer. Say this along with me, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner and I know that I cannot save myself. But now I understand that you are the God of fire, that you died on the third day. When you died and you rose again on the third day and you did this so that we would have life. So today I give myself to you. You Build this fire in me. Amen. If you said that simple prayer, welcome to the faith. And we are glad to have you. If you have any comments, if you are in the comment section, put it in the comments. 
If you're watching this online or you're listening to this on a podcast, visit our website at twopraise.org and go to Welcome to the Faith. And we would love to be back in contact with you on your walk on this journey. Thank, like, so, family, once again, hear my heart. <laughs> we need Jethro's. We need them desperately in our community. Um, can I give the ladies a fun fact before I get out of here? Most of this generation don't even know how to cook. Most of them don't even know how to clean. They don't even know how to sew their own clothes. I have, a, I have a teacher at my school that has a wall of hygiene products because the girls don't even know how to wash themselves properly. And you telling me that you ain't got nothing to give? Black women, don't be afraid of these black girls. I said what I said. Black men, don't be afraid of these black boys. I said what I said. They need us. They need us. And I'm done. Everybody stand. Father God, I bless you. I thank you. Thank you for your presence in here with us. As we leave, Lord, you ignite our fire. As we go, preserve our fire. As we love on you, show us who needs to be loved on. As we care, care for us, Father. Raise the hearts of those who care about us as well. We do this not for our own power, not for our own authority, but for your kingdom and for your glory and for your power. So we thank you, Lord. Bring us back together again with joyful hearts. Focus on you and what you've done for us. Even if we don't see anything else this week done, you did for us what nobody else could do. Keep our hearts, Father. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well and give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further 
the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.